couple of years ago, I was asked to do this funeral. It was uh, for the mother of a kid that I used to know um, from years ago when I was uh, actually in the seminary. It was before I was ordained. Uh, I spent a year out in Smithtown, St. Patrick's Church. And uh, it was a great parish. It was a great year for me. Um, this very, really big youth group, a great uh, grade school. So because of that, I just got to know a bunch of kids uh, in a short time. Uh, most of them were, I guess, middle school and, and high school, really. Anyway, this was the, uh, the mother of one of these kids um, who had died. I wasn't able to do the funeral, but I was able to do the wake service the night before. So I did it. And uh, even before doing the prayers, just being there, it was sort of like a reunion. Um, I saw people that night that in some cases, I think it had probably been 25 years maybe since I had seen. There was a group of uh, kids, or not, not even kids anymore. They were kids then, so they were probably about 40 now. Uh, a group of these guys that I knew back then, they were at this wake. And uh, it's kind of a reunion for them too. I think for a lot of them hadn't seen each other in lots of years. So they were leaving the wake and one of them came up to me and said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go out and grab a drink. Do you wanna join us? So I did, I did. Um, and it was great, it was just a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's probably about seven or eight of us. And just a lot of reminiscing. You know, it was like, like a reunion. Um, ski trips and retreats that we were involved in, uh, concerts, Met games. They had a great uh, par three golf course out in Smithtown. We used to play golf uh, a lot. Just great memories. Um, and they kind of, the guys just sort of like took turns going around the table almost naturally, just telling stories. There was one guy at this table in this group who kept, he kept saying to us, um, I don't remember that. Like he was, he was not remembering a lot of these common memories. Um, when did you guys go there? When did you do that? I don't remember that. And I remember, I was looking at him, I could tell, like he was like, every other story he was sort of in the dark about. Everybody else at the table pretty much had clear memories and this guy just not. Um, he was like, where was I? Where was I for all of this stuff? And eventually one of the guys at the table responded to him and he said, uh, you don't remember those events because you weren't at a lot of them. You weren't there. And then he went on to explain why he wasn't there. He said, because you were like, Girl crazy. Um, and the guy was like, yeah, every, hey, we were all girl crazy, but you were crazy girl crazy. Like you just, man, whenever you had a girlfriend, the world stopped. You just, you were done with us, these, these guys and their friends. You just kind of fell off the planet when a, when a girl was on the scene or there were prospects of a particular girl. And you know, as soon as that ended, you'd be right back track it, finding out where all the guys were. So they all kind of piled on. They were merciless, the guys at this table, because they all were thinking the same thing. We know why you don't remember this, because you weren't there for most of it. Um, 
And they were right. He really kind of was girl crazy. And he missed out. Like this night was sort of evidence that he kind of did miss out on some at least, you know, nice memories. I'm not saying they were life-changing events, but he kind of like had this look of like regret uh, on his face. I mean, that was his choice, right? We all choose what we're gonna, what we're gonna be at, who we're gonna be with. I mean, think about it, like so often in life, like we, there's trade-offs we make. This is really important to me, so I'm gonna, I'm focusing on this. These other things, like, you know, they're not unimportant, but they're just less important. So I am not gonna be as committed to these things as I am to this. You know, I don't think, half the time, I don't think we're necessarily even aware we're doing it. It's not like a conscious, it's just sort of like, I go after whatever sort of got my attention, got my focus. And sometimes the result of that is, other stuff is like, I wasn't there. I kind of missed it. And I, I went to, uh, I went to, I, for college, I went to Cornell University, and uh, that's a pretty good school. I transferred there, full disclosure. I transferred after two years at Nassau and uh, got good grades at Nassau, which is what got me into Cornell. I never would have made it out of high school. My grades were, you know, I was, I was an okay student, but I certainly wasn't kind of Cornell material. My SATs never, never would have even come close to, to getting into Cornell. But, like I said, I, I really kind of focused those two years at Nassau, and that's what got me in. Kind of got in through the back door. Um, but I survived it. You know, I got the degree. Um, but when I got there, I remember being really kind of shocked at the, the calib caliber of student. Like, these kids, kind of everywhere you looked, every kid you encountered pretty much was a great student, like a really smart kid. Um, every kid was like, you know, one, two, or three in their, their high school class. I mean, I was like 290 in my class. Like, I just, I was so not in their league. Um, so that was kind of intimidating. But I realized early into my first semester there, like if I was really gonna compete with these guys, these kids, I was gonna have to like work insane hours. It would have to be like a, a wild commitment to academics. Um, I'd have to live in the library more or less. And I was just like, I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm just, I mean I guess I was whatever, I was like 20 or 21, I was like, I'm just not gonna do that, because if I do that, I'm gonna have like no life. I'm not gonna have, I'm not really gonna make friends. I'm not gonna have a lot of fun. Like, I mean, school isn't all, college isn't all academics. Like, we learn a lot just from the experience of it, don't we, and if you've been away, away to school? And I'm not saying like, don't study and don't take school Seriously, but it's like, it's not the only thing. So, you know what, as a result, you know, my grades, those two years are very average. In some cases, less than average. Like, they're not great. Um, 
But I also made friends during those years, and I have, I had fun, and I have great memories from those two years. So it was a trade-off. Like, I am not gonna be singularly focused on competing with these kids. There's something else more important to me. That was way back then. And I really don't regret it. You know, I could have worked harder than I did, and my grades still, all being said, should have been better than they were. But in the big picture, like, I think I did it right. You know, I used to look at kids that I was in class with, these kids who were just like rocket scientists. They were brains. And they were so consumed with grades. Like, that's all they focused on. They kind of, they had no life beyond the library. They were just very, I think, kind of sad, one-dimensional people. Yeah, I mean, very academically sharp and successful, but I don't know. It was like they chose to follow a particular star. And I think it was the wrong star, probably for a lot of them. Because I don't think m many of them made friendships and kind of had like that sort of intangible like life experience, education you get from being away at school. All it was was studying. Hey, that's the, cho the star they chose. What's the star that you follow most? I think that's kind of an important question. What's the star you follow most? And maybe you're like, well, there's a couple of them. And I think there should be a couple of them. There's not just one thing. But like, what's the brightest? What's the one that grabs you, your heart the most? And because of that, you, you follow that one most. I think that's a good thing to reflect on, you know, more than once in a while. Is it the right star? Is it maybe the wrong star? In a very honest moment of humility, it's like, yeah, I, I think maybe I am following the wrong star. Or maybe another time in my life, I was totally following the wrong star. It may not have been a, a bad star, but it shouldn't have been number one. Because it kind of threw me off my game. My priorities got shifted in not ways that I'm proud of. Hey, maybe that's what, that was St. Thomas's mistake. Let's go back to this gospel. You know why he didn't, well, we know why he didn't believe in the resurrection, because he wasn't there. This gospel this morning is sort of like, two things go on. It happens, the, the beginning of it is Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday night. The apostles are all hanging out in this room, scared to death, and Jesus shows up. And they're like, thrilled. But Thomas isn't there. Eventually, they, they find him, and they're like, hey, he rose. And he's like, no way. I believe, I believe that when I see that. A week later, which is today, the week after Easter Sunday, he shows up again, Jesus. And Thomas is there. So something happened with Thomas between Easter Sunday and today. That one week, something shifted with Thomas. First week, he was like, 
I'm not, he wasn't there. Why? I mean, we don't know. But maybe it was this. Maybe Thomas said, well, after Good Friday, this was a bust. And he was a, I guess he was a fraud. And I guess I was a fool for thinking that he was who he said he was. Because he didn't know Easter Sunday had happened. All his memory, his most recent memory was the horror show of Good Friday. So maybe Thomas was like, I gotta go back to my pre-Jesus life. Maybe he was working on updating his resume to go back to like life before following Jesus. Maybe he was just making connections. He was like, I'm done with this. This was a, this was a dead end. But then he comes back. Then he comes back. You know, I'm reading this book. A friend of mine gave me this book a couple of weeks ago. It's written by this guy. Uh, his name is Richard Rohr. He's a uh, great writer. He's a priest, a Franciscan priest, great spiritual writer. The name of this book is called Falling Upward. It's kind of a strange title, right? Falling Upward. Sounds like contradictory, right? Anyway, he kind of the premise of the book is this. I haven't read it all, but I pretty much know, I think, this much. Like it's, he says that most people kind of live, he describes our lives like in two halves, you know, first half and second half. But the first half, he says, for most of us, most people, is uh, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to establish your identity. Who am I? Who do I want to become? How do I get there? How do I become the person I want to become? So those years are like, first half is sort of like, it's all about achieving and accomplishing and performing and establishing. Let me get myself settled. Let me, let me get into this school. Let me get that job. Let me buy that house. Let me get, like well, all these good things that we should, and I think most of us do pursue. First half of our life, most of us sort of like we, we try to build like a tower of success. And then he says, what happens to most people, somewhere along the way is, the second half, where something happens, something not good, that involves suffering, something we didn't ask for, maybe something we didn't deserve, maybe it is something we deserved, some screw up on our part, some tragedy, I got fired and I didn't deserve it. My marriage exploded and I never anticipated it. Some health scare or health issue. I can't believe this has happened. Some loss. Thought I was gonna spend the rest of my life with this person and she died. We weren't even married 25 years. Again, maybe something that was sort of like my fault I went off track and, and really just messed things up. But it's like this life-changing event and suffering is totally part of the mix. But something comes from the suffering. 
Like it forces us to search for meaning. The first half of the, of the life was like, I kind of knew what I wanted and I was going for it. And maybe it was good, but it was also kind of incomplete. It's like, now what do I do with this life that I built after this horrible detour? Stuff that used to be incredibly important to me isn't really so much anymore. Stuff I would lose sleep over, now I'm like, yeah, it's just not that big a deal. What was I thinking? Sort of like the suffering becomes like a doorway to the second half of life. And we change. We fall upward. The fall is unpleasant, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But somehow I, I fall up, and I just become a better person. I'm more understanding. I'm more reflective. I'm kind of kinder. I notice things now that used to just completely, I blew past. When I hear about somebody else's suffering, I completely reacted to it in a different way now, since I've had my dose of it. I feel like I'm more free. And it's all up to us. And it's not always a chronological thing. I mean, the first half, I guess, sort of has to happen when you're young. But that second half can kick in, spend time in a pediatric cancer unit. And you got a 15-year-old who's battling cancer. Well, there's a really good chance that kid has met, has entered the second half. That kid won't be the same. And sometimes, sadly, you meet somebody who's 70, and they're still in the first stage. They're just, they're just in constant pursuit of like their ego. It's like, man, are you ever gonna grow up? Are you ever gonna figure out what matters in life? Where was Thomas? Why wasn't Thomas there? You know what, Thomas became the first apostle to be martyred. All but one was martyred, but he was the first one to go. So I guess he must have been pretty loud. He must have been pretty committed to it. Something happened. You know, I was driving, coming here a half hour ago, and I'm, I don't know, Nickerson Beach or one of those beaches along the way, I'm looking at these little kids who were playing lacrosse, like these little munchkins. They were like, the lacrosse stick was literally like bigger than they were, or maybe the same size. And all these moms and dads there, and. It was very cute, just kind of seeing, seeing them out there. But I'm also thinking, it's like 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Man, I wonder, like, wonder how many of them just said, yeah, it was going to be lacrosse instead of here or some church somewhere. You know, it's the, or it's the guy who, sort of like the guy at the wake, who missed out on all those memories. It's the father who's like, I don't even, I don't remember my kids' memories of my kids so much. Because I just wasn't there. Because I was too committed to other things. And he has the regret of that.
something happened to Thomas between his doubt and his death. Something kicked in. He figured it out. I suspect he fell upward. So fall with him. <laughs>